You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. A winter weather advisory is an invitation to own the roads in the Dodge Charger, America's only four-door muscle car with all-wheel drive. To take the winter by storm in a Dodge Durango, the most powerful SUV with all-wheel drive in its class. And to burn some rubber and melt the snow in the Dodge Challenger, the first all-wheel drive muscle coupe. Don't miss the Dodge President's Day event. Based on 2019 Ward's Midsize Sport Utility Vehicle Segment. Based on Ward's Middle Specialty Vehicle Segment. Excludes other FCA US LLC vehicles. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome, welcome, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. We got Bill Goldberg with us on the phone. He's uh, standing still this time, so audio is fantastic, and he's not uh, running around. Um, and we've got our boy, Alistair Weaver, back in the uh, back in the studio because Edmonds has got, like, you know, like all the reviews and the awards and all that shit going on. So um, we're going to hear about it. <laughs> not to downplay it or anything. Like, I mean that in the sweetest way possible. All right. CarCast is brought to you guys by Geico. Go to geico.com, get yourself some car insurance. And of course, uh, Dodge. Hurry in for an unbeatable deal during the Dodge President's Day event. Check them out. We love them. Uh, we're talking to uh, we're talking to the mayor of Dodgeville, so we're going to get into that a little bit as well. Um, that would be Muscleville, USA. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's called. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> Goldberg, how are you, buddy? Things are good? You know what, man? Things couldn't be better. I am immersed in horsepower and uh, automotive parts, automotive gigs, and uh, I get to talk to two of my, my best buddies in the space <laughs> uh, on, on the phone. So, you know, oh, and thanks, when man. you introduce me, you always make it a point to say I'm not in the studio. Like, I like like I should go to the principal's office or something. You make me feel so guilty every time you intro me. Hey, he's no, no, it's phone. all, it's all, it's, it's all good. It's, uh, it's, it's working out. Like I get like the phone thing isn't always ideal for people listening on playback where we're trying to make it, uh, you know, schedules are nutty and, 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 and you're far away, but we, we, you know, we want to make this happen and we're going to plan a time for you to come back up here. We'll do a few shows in the studio. We'll get some guests in the studio with us. In the meantime, we've got Alistair here. What's up? What's uh, up? What's up? What's up? I, don't, what, I can't what, do that. Can I? What's up? What's, what's, what's up? up? You can just say sup. <laughs> what's the British version of that? Uh, how are you? you, how are you? Uh, so formal. Yeah. So, so formal. How, how are you doing, my good man? <laughs> Chap. Chap. <laughs> uh, before we get into some of the uh, Edmunds car review stuff that we got going on, I got questions for sure. We're going to do a mini truck comparison. Are they still called mini trucks? They're not. Uh, they're mid-sized not like, trucks. They're mid-sized trucks. Does that mean there's going to be a mini truck? Uh, what's a mini truck? Something smaller than the midsize. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, well, everything's getting so big. Like a Ram 1500 is huge now. So you need the midsize becomes the proper truck. And then, yeah. Right. yeah. You, you, okay. But, you know, you guys have to understand there are like large human beings in the world. So you got to have these big ostentatious things that represent, you know, that's an extension of their personality. Big guy needs a big truck. Yeah. That's true. I, and and I Matt needs it. one of these. <laughs> that's right. I need the, mini, like I, I need like the mini I truck. Said. <laughs> <laughs> I need the uh, the the mini truck. Um, a new Ford Ranger's got to be about the size of a two thousand three, two thousand four F one fifty, like Lightning. Exactly, and right. that's why they're bringing it into the US now. Because you see the success of the Toyota Tacoma, 
uh, Chevy Colorado. And so we're doing a triple test, which is launching today mm-hmm. uh, on Edmunds.com slash road noise, Edmunds.com slash road noise, where we put the Ranger against the Tacoma and the Colorado on road and off road. Uh, we've actually chosen the version of the trucks that are good for off roading, uh, which is why there's no Honda Ridgeline in the lineup as well. Um, it's a it's a really thorough test. It's about a half hour epic. So if you're into trucks, you'll you'll love it. Yeah. Um, interesting results because without wanting to you know give all the spoilers away, the Ranger's actually existed outside of the US for some time. I drove mm-hmm. it in Europe about four or five years ago. I saw it at uh, Goodwood two or three years ago. Yeah. So yeah. so what you're getting is an old truck posing as new, and, and as you'll see in the test. There's a lot of things that that just don't really shake out for it. If you look at the rear compartment and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. it just it feels in too many ways like an old vehicle, which basically it is. Is is the well? We'll get into it real quick. Um, but uh, uh, first, I want to get into uh, what's going on over in uh, in Bill's garage. We just got some images texted to us, and it looks like you got a crate with a hood. So yeah, Speedcore was nice enough to send me a uh, carbon fiber hood for the Demon, and uh, they didn't send a tech with me so that I could, so that it would be uh, <clears throat> not a dangerous um, outing for me to take this hood off by myself and switch them. So um, it's tough for a one man job because you got to kind of align it, and two guys got to put the screws in and hold it up. Where's G-Man? Yeah, it's possible, he can help you. But it's not something that I, I advise people to do uh, single-handedly by any stretch of the imagination. But it's possible. Um, you just have to kind of configure it. But, you know, it's uh, it's going to be cool, man. I'm getting this car ready for uh, for Monday. I, uh, your buddy, our buddy, Chris Jacobs, is heading out for Dodge, and they're going to do a shoot at the at Goldberg's Garage. And uh, I want to get that thing on there. You know, yeah, we're going to have uh, Friday we've got uh, – We've got HRE, the wheels being done, and Nitto gave me the tires. We're going to get those matted up, and then I'm going to pick it up from uh, Auto, wherever the heck it is. Where is it? Uh, auto Armor. And then the Expel ceramic coating and clear coat will be done. And, man, this thing should be, that that uh, the red eye should be just spectacular. Yeah, that car is going to be exciting. Now, I think taking the hood off of the demon is more complicated than putting this one on. I, um, yeah, you know, it's not complicated. It's just cumbersome. That's all. Yeah. Uh, just, get, getting this crate with this, you know, the crate's 150 pounds, but it's not like the size of a suitcase. So it's not something that I can easily maneuver yeah. by myself. I'm 150 but, uh, pounds. Well, you, I can maneuver easier than this hood by, by, yeah, I'm not that wide. I'm not that wide. Uh, but but Bill, I've got a, I've got a question for you. How how much does a red eye weigh? The red eye is probably the exact same, you know, 45, 4,600 pounds. And you, and you weigh? Oh, I'm a, I'm a spell 260. 260. So between them, that's what, four, nearly 4,800 pounds. So putting well, why do you put, think it's got to have 800 horsepower to tool yeah. me around? But, but I'm not interested in horsepower. What, what, what benefit the, is putting a carbon hood the, the on eight a eight-pound fo- reduction? <laughs> the, the oh, eight the pound dead, but, hey, guys, believe me, I am not putting it on for the weight reduction <laughs> by any means. You, you can take your shoes that off, that and that'll do the I'm same thing. Taking, I'm not taking my overflow canister off because I can put a lighter one on either. <laughs> yeah. I did not take my rear seats out because I want it to be a light car. It's all aesthetics. 
for this car. I mean, it is what it is. It can weigh 5,000 pounds, and the only way I'm going to compensate uh, for that is by adding more horsepower and not taking weight off. So, um, no, I, I'm only doing this for the aesthetics, and I'm only doing it for my buddies at Speedcore. Yeah, it's going to look good. I was down there a while back, and uh, uh, Bill and I and his family, we went out for sushi. And I can tell you that the amount of sushi Bill eats weighs more than that hood. <laughs> no question. No, no question. question. I mean, hey, Speedcore had Speedcore at SEMA had that the fully carbon demon, remember? Yeah. And I think it was only six hundred pounds lighter altogether than than the stock demon. So I mean none of it is yes. def- none of it is done for weight reduction, I don't believe. I mean that it, I think it's a guy that has a huge passion for what he does and he wants to pump out some great looking quality products and the weight reduction part, even though it's carbon fiber, where a lot of people would lean towards that for that, I don't think that's what he's doing. Now, 600 pounds is a significant jump. And I think in the quarter mile, what do we? what's our rule of thumb? Like a tenth for every 100 pounds, right? Does that sound yeah, about right? Yeah, optimize the traction, yeah. Yeah, it, it's about a tenth. So if you could take a half a second off your quarter mile time. Well, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you got to take the demon to make the entire thing carbon fiber, which is not inexpensive, <laughs> but it looks badass. But yeah, there is <laughs> there is a way, there is a way to start knocking it down. Um, are you going to are you maybe you you engage going to come up to our uh, to our big uh, 10th anniversary car show event March 10th, Sunday? I'm I'm going to actually uh, pro- I'm I'm probably going to show up out of mid-air for that uh, event, man. I, I got to do that. I have to do it. You got to come up for that. It's going to be fantastic. Now, are you going to be in town already? Or are you going to bring a car up? And if so, have you decided what you want to bring? Now, I um, asked this. I you haven't, haven't seen the Red Eye wrap yet. But, you know, the, the fortunate part is we have a couple of days to think about it. And mm-hmm. so uh, we can try to tailor it to whatever you guys want me to do. I think we are bringing... Um, we're bringing the Porsche 935. Everybody seems to really want to see that car here in L.A. And I talked to the guys at the Peterson Museum, and I said, well, if we bring that car out, and has kind of a Lamar heritage thing going on. What do you got to show with it? And they said, we've got a new 4GT Lamar Heritage Edition, which is the red one with the white stripes. And I said, okay. great, let's set those two cars side by side. That'll be fun. They said, done. So yeah. that'll be kind of cool. And uh, so we're going to bring that car. I think we're going to bring another one of the race cars, one of the Newman cars, or maybe this different drummer 510. And then I'm going to bring uh, the M3 with the fresh paint and the new clutch. Thank God for that. The new clutch. There's the GT. See with the colors. We got it up on the screen here, but I think I saw that in the vault the other week. Yeah, Yeah. they're going to bring it out of the vault. They've got an early car as well. Yeah, might be quite fun. so uh, and let's see, we've got our buddy Michael Anthony from Van Halen. He's bringing up his his matte black Mercedes AMG GT, which nice. I think he had uh, wrapped in a matte black. Or knowing him, he had a freaking painted for ninety grand at <laughs> the price of the car. <laughs> and uh, uh, Brad Fanshaw, my 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 buddy and co-host uh, on uh, Shift and Steer, he's got a collection of muscle cars. He might be bringing like his Hot Rod El Camino or maybe like his Baldwin Motion Vega or something. These are very American cars, Alistair. Very American. We I have, love it. We, we have 
El Caminos out here. Not just that, he's got a slam two-tone painted hot rod El Camino. Actually, a guy I used to, when I started my career at Autocar in the UK, a guy that I used to work with had imported an El Camino into the UK. Yeah. And I had to once go down to his living room at lunchtime. We all went down because he had it was rebuilding the engine in his living room. <laughs> nice. You were like, what is this? It's a car and a truck. Yeah, I love it's it. Fantastic. Uh, so we got that going on. Um, let me see. Um, I'm getting confirmation, but I think our buddy Danny Trejo is going to come out, and I assume Lowrider. This is going to be great. That's not meant to be racist. That means he's got a great collection of Lowriders, and uh, he digs them, and I think Trejo is going to come out. Um, Chris Jacobs is coming out. Surprise, surprise, bringing a Mopar. I think he's got like nice. a GTX or something. Yeah, he's he's. See, uh, everyone you everyone you've mentioned has the luxury of being within fifty miles of where they're ending up at the Peterson Museum. That's I, on right. the other hand, <clears throat> am not right. However, you are a co-host of the show, and it's a tenth year anniversary. <laughs> Although no, you have to do ten years, the ability to take <laughs> you, a certain car. You so have I'm very limited. <laughs> I'm limited because of the proximity of where we're going. That's right. Well, it's not going to rain, so feel free. I'm going to. That's just wishful thinking. Are I'm we on the roof? We're on the roof. We're going to oh, be up I on meant, the roof. I, I meant if it was close, I'd bring the Z20, the SCCA car, the Trans Am car. I'd bring you know something really, really badass. Yeah, It'd be nice if I had the. Had the, uh, the lawman here, but uh, you know, that's not till November. That's that's not till November. We could, you know, just to stress him out, we should call uh, Marcus Angel, Angel and let's not uh, next week and go. Yeah, we changed our mind. We need that car here March tenth, and it better run. <laughs> oh, I don't mind. Yeah, I talked to him about maybe taking it to Goodwood, and he uh, he's his heart skipped a beat. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine what he's got a lot going on over there. Um, Tell us about the commercial you're doing. You teased it last week. You said you're doing another Dodge commercial. I saw you went out there. You started filming. Uh, where'd you go? What did you do? Um, you can't get fired now, so spill the beans. I can't. I can't spill all the beans. Man. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, the the to start off, I didn't know it snowed in California. You know, in <laughs> close proximity to my house. It's so, so funny because I going, I going up to Taft was, was yeah. very memorable. Actually, coming back from Taft was even more memorable because I felt like I was an Aspen. It was mm-hmm. nuts. But uh, you know, we we I, I got to Taft literally uh, jumped out of the out of the SUV and jumped into a demon. And uh, we filmed a new installment of uh, Muscleville USA for their new campaign. And, um, you know, I, I just so happened to be the mayor. So it was really cool, dude. You know, I don't have to sit here and um, fanboy it. But, I mean, when you're a kid, you dream of certain things. And uh, being a professional athlete was one of them on my list. And, Hey, being a car guy, man, you know, getting a Dodge commercial, that, that's, that's pretty cool. It is fantastic. The, it really doesn't matter who you are. If you're a fan, you know, you know, like if, if I could do, you know, a Ford commercial or, uh, Alistair can do a Citron commercial. <laughs> well, his wife's, his girlfriend's French, right? She's That's right. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. French. There, there you go. I'd love like an old DS or an SM Maserati. And... Yeah, yeah, something, something yeah, like lovely. that. Uh, yeah, actually, he did roll up in the Jag today. He rolled up in the uh, in the Edmunds F type F type SVR. SVR. Yeah. I love that thing. That's a cool. Thing. I don't ever yeah. want to see one of those again. Yeah, I love that oh, that's right because you did Top Gear. You did Top Gear. Uh, the Top Gear, the uh, open or the yeah. uh, 
Grand Tour. It wasn't the worst experience. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So every time I see one of those, I think of the, you know, right. <clears throat> driving on the, on the wrong side of the... Yeah. In, that, in that head-to-head competition, I don't want to say that you lost, but we can say that you didn't win. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, it was rigged, dude. Yeah, it was totally rigged. You first are on the wrong side of the car. I knew, it, I knew I was going to lose when I get in town and I'm driving down and I'm in the back of the car being delivered to the hotel that they got me at. And I look to the left and there's a freaking stadium with Joshua's picture on the side of it. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm winning this. It's just not happening. I got to beat him by a mile and a half, you know, by oh, yeah. like 10 minutes to, there's no way. It was so, a fun episode. It was good. I think, um, because it's, you know, going to be four thirty in LA, you should drive my BMW back to Santa Monica, and I'll take your Jag. <laughs> I kind of like that. Actually. That sounds like a good deal. Yeah, you say that until you get in there and you realize you got to hit that clutch nine hundred times between here and Santa Monica. Yeah, at least the clutch is nice now. My my leg feels so much better. Like to me, it's going to be like the best clutch in the world. You're going to be like a little stiff, and be like, I don't. You're going to lose about. your left calf, though. Oh my gosh, it's a good little workout. Yeah. All right. So you're the mayor of uh, a Muscleville. Um, that commercial, we don't we don't have an ETA on that. When are they going to roll that out? We have any idea? They're going to go back and edit it and do a thing. But is it? I really don't know. I mean, it was a it was a huge crew. Uh, you know, uh, it, what the, the cool and uncool part of it was, uh, Hubinet and all the stunt guys were there the two days prior. So, oh, you didn't get to we, see the drifting. I didn't get to see any of the any of that stuff and uh, take part in any of it. I mean, I I was able to uh, do numerous launches and burnouts in the demon which is nice because it wasn't mine mm-hmm. and um you didn't you know, pull a richard it, rawlings did it, you? it was really cool man it was really cool and you know uh, just a little tip more tip more of a tidbit and a tease uh <clears throat> santa claus may be coming back to town too so good do it there you Signing go deals Signing Dodge deals. Because the Dodge guys are like, this is the best thing ever. He's just going to buy more cars from us. Yeah. yeah. Well, no <laughs> keep it, keep it, <laughs> well, yeah, they, like, they don't have to pay me in anything but horsepower. <laughs> they're like, what do we got coming out? Well, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a Charger Red Eye or something coming out. And yeah. they're like, okay, let's just put Bill in a commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know me oh so well. Yeah. The agents yeah. don't. Like, agents don't like that very much because you can't com- get a commission on a car. No, you can't. And but the beauty is, is like when you go to Wanda and she's like, "What's this car?" And like, I didn't buy it. Like technically, it was kind of like a big swap. Like, yeah, it just. I mean, yeah, it passed through the bank account for a minute, but really, this wasn't like. You know, this wasn't like Gage's college fund. It was just bought another car. It's like, you do a little work, you get a car. Do a little work, you get a well, car. Well, here's, here's, here's the way I swung it. It's a, prere- <laughs> it's a prerequisite for the job. Yeah. Right? I have to buy their new, I have to be driving their latest and greatest. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense if I don't. Listen, Dodge, so make sure this doesn't go unnoticed. You keep putting your boy in commercials, and he keeps spending on your damn cars. <laughs> um, all right. I want to get talk about uh, mini trucks in a second. First, I'm going to tell you about Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. You can drop off dry cleaning, pick up some milk, you go out and shoot a commercial, all that stuff. Well, now you can save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. You don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Check out Geico.com. All right. <clears throat> Mid-size trucks. 
are uh, getting all the all it's 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 all the hot new thing. Like it's it's getting all the press. Is the Tacoma that good, or is the Tacoma just what's available? The Tacoma is generally pretty good. I mean, the TRD, which is the one in our in our test, is is very good off road. Um, Colorado, without giving the game away, the Colorado actually. When you think about the the full size truck, Silverado's big disappointment to us. Ram fifteen hundred is a clear standout in that class. But the Colorado does a lot better job in the in the smaller trucks. Um, so good for Chevy to actually have a, a product that, that's, that's super and, competitive. And what engine is the diesel Colorado any good? Uh, we actually have a ZR2 on our long term test fleet. That's I mean, the off road. Yeah, that's one? the because yeah. the, so the you want to compare it to yeah, the TRD. A, exactly. The I mean, this is the Z71 that we uh, that we're in, but it's yeah. I mean, the diesel the diesel's pretty good. I mean, in this market, obviously, you know, you're not towing around as much weight. You're not necessarily yeah. it, from a from a towing capacity, but also from um, a fuel consumption perspective. So you know, you're not driven to diesel in 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 quite the same way. And and as you say, these things are actually if you don't live out, you know, if you don't live out in rural areas, if you want to have something that's a bit more manageable in town, mm-hmm. uh, I spent a lot of time in a Tacoma, and it's it's a lot more usable if you if you're coming in and out of cities as well as trying to you know haul it out in the country. Okay, what else was in the comparison? Frontier so, Nissan Frontier? Did they still no, make the, the Nissan Frontier? It was just the three. So it was the uh, Ranger, the Colorado. And and the Tacoma. Okay. We nearly put a Ridgeline in it because Ridgeline is our oh, sort of yeah, top yeah. ranked truck. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to do some off roading, um, and the Ridgeline. It's is not ba- really built. It's for not that. built. It's for not that. that. It's yeah. a city truck. I I'm a fan of the Ridgeline, the all wheel drive. I think it's kind of neat, but um, the Rid- I think because I think it runs smooth. I think it drives like a like a you know like a Honda or an Acura. I think it drives pretty nice, and when you need to use it as a little bit of a truck, it's fine. Like it's yeah. It's, it's a, the El Camino. It's, a, it's the El Camino of today. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, they just need a Type R version of it. It's the sort of – Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I pitched that to them. We were going to make one. But then everybody listening to the show is like, don't do it. I hate the Ridgeline. It's like, all right. <laughs> I got shot down on that one. Um, all right. So the results are out. Can you, Are you going to tell us the results? What, what What's the uh, – On the mid-sized truck? Yeah. No, I think you should watch the film. All right. Watch the film. So, watch, the, watch the film. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, it's a thirty-minute epic. We went off-road, went up to near Pioneer Town, which is um, about a couple of hours outside LA. Went out in the desert, took them off-road. Um, Dan Edmonds, our director, of I was just going to say he probably got so excited. He's in it. That's why it's half an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just explained. He listened to the show, so he's explaining the suspense. No, it's great. Dan's great yeah. in it. Uh, Alana Sher and, 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 and Jay Kavanaugh, who's another one of our key test guys. That all three of them are in it, and they bring some humor to it as well. So it's um, it's a good one. I can't tell you the results of that, but I can tell you the results of our Editor's Choice Awards, which is our best yes. cars of the year. But right now, as we speak, Dan is testing the 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 Jeep. Uh, Gladiator. Gladiator. That's it. Gladiator. It took. Give me a second. It, he is. This yeah. is. You see, the way it works for us is we tend to get into. Um, I, I know this because I saw a picture of a shock. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "There's the suspension." And I was like, "Good shot, buddy." Dan. Dan <laughs> I love Dan. Dan. Dan loves. Dan loves his suspension. You see, the good thing is about Dan. Dan actually. Um, Dan actually developed trucks. You know, you think about most yeah. most of us are you know journalists that sort of thing. I come from a from a from a written background, I did a history degree. Dan developed trucks, so we he was a professional race car driver, or certainly a very good amateur race car mm-hmm. driver. Did a few pro races, and he developed vehicles for a living. So what that guy knows is is, is incredible, and he really brings that to bear in the way they test stuff, um, in the videos and in the in the written stuff as well. So he's out driving the Gladiator. Now the way this works for anybody who doesn't 
doesn't follow the industries. We tend to get vehicles very early, and then they're under a kind of legal embargo. So we tend to test them. We'll create all the films. And everything goes with it. And then it's a kind of a bit of a sort of fair thing, really. So all the all the media get to have a go at the vehicles, and then we all publish at the same time. Right. Everybody waits, and they say, everybody test it, and then whatever, like March 20th, everybody gets to roll out their Exactly. Their and sometimes, results. you know, sometimes people break, and you get into all these kind of silly little fights, sure. and it's all a bit yeah. kind of schoolboy, but... Uh, but that's you know that's the the rules of the game. So we're we're out in the Gladiator at the moment. Uh-huh. So we're sharing it on social media, but we're not allowed to say what, what we think of it. Uh, but that I have to say that that vehicle's got a huge amount of interest. And one of the interesting things for us is it kind of sits between a a fashion truck. There'll be lots of people in LA buying mm-hmm. them just just for just because they're a lifestyle tool. But this is a proper off road truck that will do you know will pretty do much what, what a Wrangler will do. Because it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, Bill, I don't know if you've seen. The Jeep Gladiator. It's the four-door pickup truck version of, oh, the, yeah. of the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. And I think we need to figure out a way for you to test that because you did you did the Raptor test on your property. And I think you should test the Jeep. Let's, oh, uh, there's no doubt. No question. I, I think that's a, that's a cool-looking vehicle. I've asked a number of people about it. And uh, I might have to put one in my fleet, but I've got to run through the paces first. That's right. And you can do all the Mopar stuff to it and everything else. Yeah, so. and it's great. Yeah. I, when they displayed it, I think you and I were walking around the LA Auto Show together. And we, we, even when it was there, like, hey, here it is. They already had, like, the Mopar version of it. What a great way to sell sort of the, the performance parts of it. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it's interesting, and I know it's going to be popular for people. I'm not necessarily a Jeep fan myself, but um, you know, maybe it's just because I, I live in L.A. and I just don't really do any off-roading. But people have been asking for this thing for a long time, and I'm wondering, is it going to live up to the hype? So well, it was we'll kind see. of interesting around the LA, LA show when this mm-hmm. thing was announced that we can obviously track what people will what look at on our site, and Gladiator was just huge. Uh, when you looked at the yeah. figures, it was standout. It was, it was like twice as much traffic as anything else. More than the Rivian? <laughs> More than the Rivian, yeah. <laughs> More than the Rivian. But but not now Amazon bought into Rivian. I think it's going to get some attention. It's going to get some attention, yeah. they just uh, That electric truck we talked about, the Rivian, just did uh, just did a big venture capital round of like $700 million with Amazon as the lead investor. The, I don't the know only the thing is that $700 million sounds is, is a huge amount of money. Yeah. But in automotive terms, it's not actually that much. Yeah, not when you're launching This is a, a brand company value. that's also been around for about 10 years. Yeah. They've been, they've been sort of stealth doing this thing. That was me. I'm not going to cancel out. Sorry about that. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the, big, the big award show. Yeah, <laughs> not the hostless Oscars. I'm talking about the Edmonds. Awards. No, this was properly hosted. It was all yeah, good. We all turned up. Uh, yeah, everyone was there. <laughs> Nobody tweeted um, anything inappropriate yet. So what you guys did is, is you picked the editor, editor's choice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Edmonds editor's choice for each vehicle, different categories. Um, but there is a difference between what you guys do and what some of the other uh, publishers do. Is a lot of the other groups they say this is the best. Out of the new cars this year, right? So, and you're saying this is the best of the new cars available. So, the Gladiator, which is a brand new vehicle, could show up in some of the other tests and and yours. But those guys would only do like Gladiator or what's new, like Honda or uh, Acura RDX because it's new for 2019, and Gladiator because it's new for 2019. Yeah, and you guys are saying we we'll test everything in the in the 
in each category and tell you what's the best. Yeah, that, I mean, basically, it's an important distinction. So, which is why when you look at some of the car of the year winners over the years, you get some real anomalies, and you go, "How the hell did that win?" But actually, it happened to be the new one for that year. Yeah. What we're trying to do is, is is a real recognition of excellence. So the Gladiator, for example, because we haven't tested it properly, it hasn't been through our track, it hasn't been through all the all the um, the process that we put every vehicle through, that wouldn't qualify. Um, so right, what, that's just a timing thing. That's yeah, that's because, a timing thing. But you guys are ne- already working on this. And, exactly yeah. for for next year's awards, it will absolutely be there. Um, so what we're trying to do, we we and we talked about this in the past. We have a ranking system on the site, so we subdivide all four hundred vehicles into about fifty different categories. And then what we've taken is those 50 cars, distill it down into seven. So best sedan, best luxury sedan, best SUV, luxury SUV, sports car, et cetera, et cetera. And then recognize genuine excellence. So to come up with seven award winners, the seven individual films, um, there's, a, there's a page if you go to the Edmunds.com homepage. You can click through to the Editor's Choice Awards. Take a look at it. We're, we're proud of it. We've put a lot of work How long it. does this take? Not to watch the film, to do the test. The Have film? to get 450 cars. The films are 90 seconds. I mean, we put... We put around 300. We have 300 vehicles a year through the office. I mean, it's, it's a big operation. And I see. So you're not testing them all at once. You're testing them throughout the year, and then they all get tested the same on your test track. And, sure. then, and then it's a lot of just crunching of the numbers. Um, and then how much, how much opinion do you guys put in it? Like you have yourself and a, and a handful of the different editors go, you know – this is great on so many levels, but the cup holders suck, and I don't like the look. And we try and distill it. We try and make it as empirical as possible, and we think this was what sets us apart a little bit. I talked about Dan's experience and the members of the team who are actually engineers. Um, so everything goes through the process. Uh, we have all the the stats on the you know quarter miles, zero to sixties, braking performance, skid pan, all that sort of thing, and then and then obviously apply your kind of experience so that. One of the weird things I always think about automotive compared to, say, TripAdvisor, if you go on TripAdvisor, mm-hmm. you believe that somebody reviewing a four-star hotel has probably stayed in 30 other four-star hotels. Cars are a bit different because in order to assess the Ranger, you need to know what a Tacoma's like, what a Ridgeline's like, et cetera, et cetera. So we try and mix the the empiricism with and the hard data with our experience and expertise. So we try not to get too much into styling and things like that because anything that's too subjective. Um, and really focus on the on the objective and how does this vehicle work for the people it's intended for, for the consumers. And what are the categories? So this year we've got um, SUV, uh, normal and luxury, uh, sedan, normal and luxury, sports car, truck, and electric EV. Okay, so uh, they're all up on, on Edmunds.com. Yeah. So we should go there for all the results, but uh, what's your – What's your favorite of every one? There are seven categories, cars and trucks, sports cars and everything else. What's, so, what's the one vehicle you're going to take home? I think we, we deliberately didn't do a sort of what is the car of the year because we, we recognize that that's so I'm not so, asking so Edmunds. I'm asking you. I know you're trying to, you're trying to hedge here. No. <laughs> I think, I want, for me, what's what's for, your pick? For, for me, the big standout last year was the Ram 1500. The Ram. Um, and I just just think we – you know the, the last year was the year of the big trucks, Silverado mm-hmm. – um, you know, Ram entering the market. F one fifty is a little bit older, but still, but still very much uh, competitive. And, and the Ram was just such a huge step forwards. You know, here is a vehicle that that's fantastic. You, you know, amazing versatility, off road, on road, but with a with a cabin that can be as as luxurious as a you know as a high end sedan. And it's it's interesting. Dodge almost sorry, Ram I should say these days they almost just took a look at the mindset. Right, we're going to throw everything at this vehicle and make sure that we win. 
And Chevy with a Silverado just probably focus group and just kind of went for a little evolution of what they had before. And Ram knocked it out of the park. And, and what's nice for me is when you look at the sales charts, the Ram is doing really well. So not only is it winning all the critical tests, it's actually it's actually doing well in the sales charts as well. So at least there's a you okay. know, kind of makes us feel satisfied that, that we do have some influence. Is How do we go back and find, <coughs> excuse me, especially on the new cars, how do we go back and find the reliability of these things after the fact? Like, I mean, because, I mean, you guys are in the new car business, but here on the show, we talk a lot about uh, trying to buy a, a used car on Shift and Steer uh, last week. Go back and listen to that episode with Brad and Aaron and I. Um, we were pulling some information, some statistics saying in the, in, in the, in, in the financing world, the I don't know the eighteen to twenty nine year old new car buyer are defaulting on loans at like yeah. a like a high record to the point where like it's threatening be threatening to be the next financial collapse is the auto loan market. It's the next subprime, right? Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. And and so we were saying, and we've been kind of fans of this for a long time. Is is hey, don't overextend yourself on something new. Maybe get something that's a few years old. Because cars are pretty good these days, and you can get something with fifty thousand miles and still get five years out of it if you need to, and uh, and we do have resources such as what you guys yeah. do to sort of break that down, uh, it, you know. So don't spend forty five thousand dollars on a car if you can spend twenty two nine. You know, like, it's a it's a good point, man. We also have used Edmunds isn't just about new cars; it's also about used, um, and we have a huge inventory of news uh, used cars on on the site. Um, and it's reliability is always the always the real difficult. I mean, th- obviously, there's ways now of looking at a, a car's history, Carfax, that sort of thing. But genuine overall reliability. Uh, one of the is <laughs> it choking? What's going on? <laughs> the, the overall reliability is something that we're actually looking at uh, quite quite closely at the yeah. moment, and it's 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 a real challenge because, of course, you don't know the history of the individual vehicle. So, I mean, our advice is always, it's a bit like a new car, do your research, mm-hmm. uh, not only into the, the vehicle and type, but also into as, find out as much as you possibly can about the vehicle you're, you're buying. Um, look at the histories. That'll tell you whether it's been in, a, been in a crash or anything like that, a major crash or anything like that. So, yeah. But it is, it, is the big, um, it is the big challenge with used cars. And it's, of course, very much dependent on, on what kind of life that car has. But you're absolutely right. Used cars make a huge amount of sense. You know, a lot of cars, even with forty, fifty, sixty thousand miles, if that's mainly just knocking up and down a highway, yeah. you know, cars are cars are well built these days. You know, they're reliable. It's 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 a tough equation, and especially with lease deals on new cars being so you know being still comparatively cheap. Um, it, all, some of these cars might still have warranty on them. Still, yeah. maybe scheduled maintenance. I'm not sure. I don't know how that really transfers on some of these cars. But and, and sometimes you can look to extend warranties and that sort of thing. We're actually yeah. looking at a piece of work at the moment, trying to compare the genuine cost of new versus used. So, let's say you lease a Honda Civic for you know twenty five thousand dollars. Well, actually, what does that look like if you buy a used car? Because the other thing, of course, is depreciation. If you mm-hmm. buy a new car. Um, outright, then it's going to depreciate heavily. You'll lose 50%, 60% of its value over three yeah. years. A used car, somebody else has taken the hit. So it's, it's, um, it's a tough equation. You know, do, you buy a, do you buy used and take it, and then you've got all the, the concerns about maintenance and having to fix it when it goes wrong, but then you haven't got the depreciation, or do you, do you go for new, accept the depreciation, but everything's under warranty? So it's not a straightforward equation. 
Yeah, but there's going to be an equation there somewhere, and you guys should do the math on it so we don't have to. <laughs> um, Bill, you've got a blazer that you're going to put a Ford Coyote engine in? Uh, I didn't say that, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to put in it. I'm probably going to go LS. Um, I've had that thing for 15 years, and uh, it's been held hostage for the last five, and I finally got it back. We've spoken about that on prior shows, and... Uh, <laughs> What year you know, is it? Who knows, man? It's it's a '69. It's uh, it's straight. It's rust free, and uh, it is a pallet waiting to be painted. So, and you're gonna do you're gonna do a crate engine swap or something on it, and then what else? What else is the plan with it? You're gonna do some suspension work. Are you do some restoration stuff. Or are you gonna like what? What's the all goal? of the above? All of the do? above. I'm gonna do uh, complete suspension work on it, and uh you know, do some uh, HRE wheels and some Nitto tires and uh, completely redo the, it's, it's going to be a, a, a top to bottom, hundred percent, you know, resto. And you don't have a Hellcat engine laying around to put in your blazer because that might be awesome and irritate people. Well, I'm all about <laughs> irritating people. So, <laughs> you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, like I said, the pallet's clean right now, man. I really well, don't know. I'm taking ideas. and like a, I mean, the LS swap, no problem with that. That's an easy swap. and uh, would I just want to make it easy. And there's no doubt that you, I got enough power I can get out of an LS motor. Look at Wanda's race car. So, oh, yeah, but that's um, the beauty of LS. You can you can do 400 horsepower. You can do 2,000 horsepower. You can do whatever you exactly. want with it's it. It's so easy. And I'm sure you, know? you can and make it not, work. But, yeah. but... A Hellcat engine. <laughs> would you thing. stop? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Put the elephant in there. Why not? The white well, 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 I didn't say elephant. I'm saying because that's that could be a little much. But uh, I was thinking, look, even if you do LS engine, I think you go with something that's like twin screw supercharged, like your Hellcat. Well, supercharged. yeah. Absolutely. Because I think in that truck, you're going to want that that full boost at whatever, 2,500 RPM. You're going to want that low-end torque, and uh, and it'll make that blazer fun. Like, by all means, suspension, brakes, you're going to have to do everything on that thing to, to compensate for the power. <laughs> but, uh, <Yeah. laughs> but I think that's what would really kind of make that thing fun. And you throw the big exhaust on it and make it kind of loud and, and – and obnoxious, obnoxious yeah, because why not? It's, it's going to be a Goldberg vehicle. It's going to be bitching. <laughs> but, I got uh, it for my dogs, for God's sake. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be bitching. I can't wait to get it. But it doesn't it. have to be Chevy, Chevy powered. You know, Chevy vehicle, no. Chevy powered. It doesn't have to be. No. It doesn't have. To. I just want to. I just. Hey, man. With enough. <clears throat> With all different, how many different projects we got going on <laughs> at, at once? You know, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't want to just. I don't want to stray too far from ease in you know starting another project. I'd like this one to go fairly smoothly and be done in a realistic amount of time, as opposed to the other end of the spectrum. So yeah, um, I want to use this vehicle this summer, man. So it, it's it's pedal to the metal, and I got to get this thing done. So I'm not gonna. Who's I'm not gonna, gonna build throw it for a you? A bunch of wrenches in, in the way. Ha ha. Pun yeah. intended. Who's gonna build it for you? Who's gonna? I have, who's gonna I've yet you? to figure that out. It's, but it's going to be somebody local. Uh, if not, what? I'd have Bodie do it. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bodie Stroud's great. He's done a bunch of local. products for us. Projects for us. Yeah. 
Uh, be local. He would be fantastic for something like that. Um, <laughs> speaking of projects getting done. Uh, but if I had it up there and Bodie did it, then it would give me excuses to come up and do and be in the studio. Yeah, and it's also, he's a sweet dude, so you can say, what's going on? Send me some pictures, and I can go over there and check out on it. Like, he's, you know... Uh, he's he's a good guy to do something like that, um, and he's done he's done a, a bunch of truck stuff, and he's making full chassis, he's making Bronco chassis and, and everything in house. So, you know, depending on how far you want to go, there's there could be a version of this where you just take that blazer and stick it on one of his one of his custom chassis, then suspension, chassis, everything's done. It's all basically the math is done, the geometry is done, it's dialed in, and you can put any engine you want in there, I'm just saying. Send me Bodie's, send me Bodie's info, man, and uh, we'll saying. see how busy he is, and we go from there. Yeah. Um, I went over to the shop just before we came here. Uh, uh, Adam's uh, AV guy. Adam moved into this new house, and he's Ed, the AV guy, is like, hook up everything. I want the 84-inch screen TV because that's the biggest, and I want – Sono speakers all over the place, and I, you know, I, I just want to, you know, listen to music, podcasts, and everything all over the house. And uh, I said, "That's a great idea." And I saw Ed. And I said, "Ed, pick me up a couple of the Sono speakers. I'm going to put them in my apartment so I can blast out my neighbors." And uh, <laughs> uh, he sent me some, and I was like, "Ah, these aren't the ones I want. Um, I'm going to drop them off at the shop." And just come swap them out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be over to the shop anytime. And uh, I went over there, and the guy's working in there, Sean and Jose, that are working in the shop. And I go, hey, uh, leave these speakers for Ed, the AV guy. He's going to swing by. And they're like, we're going to hook them up to engine sounds and put the speakers underneath your Mustangs. So when people come in, they think it's running. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. Because you were talking about projects kind of lingering for a while. And I was like, uh. Uh, all right. Yep. It's funny. Yep. Plus, I got a I got an email from the guy, the three D printer guy that was doing my uh, my custom vents, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I'm kind of like going to take another job, like a professor at a university or something." I forgot what he told me, and he's like, "So probably not going to finish that project." But here's another guy. He's great. <laughs> Wait, he's great. He's going to help you with this. I was like, okay, do we have to start all over? Because we're about a year and a half and waiting waiting for these things to be made. It's fine because I didn't get too much done in the car recently. But uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's how these things start to snowball. They just start to snowball. Talking noise in cars, I was in Period Correct down in Newport Beach on Friday. Yeah, that's you know, a store. That's like a, a store. Like a retail that, yeah. store. It's a, it's a clothing store but based around old Porsches. And in there they had – I never. Knew I think it. it's a great name for a store uh, for that kind of uh, – yeah, period correct is it's such a great for like a vintage Porsche motorsports store. It's cool. They had an E30 uh, M3 BMW in there as well. They had, but I never realized that somebody at Porsche did a on vinyl sounds of Porsches. Oh, and I don't have a, I don't have anything to play vinyl on. But, on but vinyl. this was this one there, and these are for sale in there. And I thought this was fabulous. And this was this was all sorts of three five sixes and nine thirty all sorts of things that had happened. They'd been been across the years, race cars, road cars, all on vinyl. I thought, how cool is that? That's a great idea. Chris probably has vinyl somewhere. I have a sounds of a Prius, but it's just a blank CD. <laughs> it's a blank CD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, uh, Alistair is going to do some shopping for a car. We're going to get into that for just a couple of minutes, but first, before we. Uh, do that. I'm going to tell you guys about Dodge. Take the winter head-on with the Dodge all-wheel drive lineup. Join the Brotherhood of Muscle at the Dodge President's Day event for a great deal and find out what it's like to own the road no matter the conditions. This is mostly for the guys that are not in California. 
Uh, although we've been getting a lot of rain, and now it's dry for like two days, so I washed the car, and it's going to rain on Thursday. Yeah. But I just couldn't go any I couldn't go any longer. The wheels were looking bad. The HREs were looking bad. There's the plug for the HREs. See that? The HREs were looking bad. And, like uh, yeah, and I uh, had to get them. I had to get it all cleaned up. At least a quick little wash. All right, what are you shopping for? We were, we talked about used cars. We are, yeah, used cars. Yeah. Um, so back in the UK, I did that classic thing of of what you buy, you save up, and you buy what you wanted as a seventeen year old, which is when you start driving in the UK. Yeah. Sixteen over here, um, and I bought a nine nine three, which is a nine eleven from ninety four. Um, right at the, I paid the. That was when they were same price as like a Ford Focus or something, a Honda Civic. Right. And so you're graduating high school in, in 94 ish, and you're like, I want a Porsche. And then 20 years later, you're like, I'm going to pay cash. <laughs> well, not quite pay cash, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, and that's is, how I did it. I got a 2001 M3. And this is what people do. And if you look at the used car market, the yeah. value of classic cars, it is, it is basically when guys start to approach 40 and maybe they've saved up a bit of money, they start to buy the car that they wanted to have when they graduated high school. Uh, so I did this in the UK, and, and I, I saved, uh, saved up for it, bought this car about eight years ago, uh, in, and it's appreciated since, and that's just pure pure luck on my part. Uh, and I tried to bring it over to California. I thought it'd be cool to have a right-hand drive classic car over here, but no chance. Smog no. regulations, no $10,000 per year shipping fee, yeah. all sorts of things. No, it's not Our government happen. doesn't even like the cars we make here on the roads. <laughs> they don't even want those on the roads. There's no way you're bringing it was a like, car from overseas. I was trying to import it. I'll do all sorts of things, but basically it's not happening. So I've... Uh, sold it to a to a family friend, and he's he's been looking after it for years. He's going to love it, and that's that's fantastic. This okay. is a this is a family friend who's in his early seventies. He has the only manual nine nine one Targa in the UK, pretty much. Wow! And now he has a nine nine three to go through. So he used to race seventies and and help me out with my race, sponsored some of my racing. Great, lovely, lovely guy. And um, so he's so Percy, as it's called, he's he's kept the original one, but I'm now in the market to to replace it. I'm trying to ring fence. So now the you money. got a you got money burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to not think of it as money because it's kind of like it's been a little thing that I've built up since my 20s. <laughs> yeah. So it so sort of doesn't exist. You know, it's like a classic code. So it doesn't exist as cash in, in real terms. It's yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it's ring fenced over there. All right. What are you looking around for? What's, what's well, on the I menu? Well, I was kind of – I had this dream of, you know, Californication, the, the, the show. Yeah. So that was a 964 cab- Cabriolet, and I thought it's California car and everything else. But then, and what year is that? That is that's early 90s as well. So that's that's the one before a 993. So that that's around early 90s. Nice. Yeah, so 91. Wanda has a 911 Turbo, right? Yes, 92. 92. 92. So that that's a yeah. 964. Then that's yeah. a, that's a lovely car. Yeah. She has a very lovely car. That's a that's a coupe as well, Bill. Yeah, you know. Um, <sighs> Yeah, it's the only car that uh, I have here that I actually can't fit in, and therefore Wanda drives it. But uh, <laughs> she really rarely drives it. I think the thing's got like 40,000 miles on it. It's a, it's a wonderful car. I love the thing. That's a great, that's a fantastic too. investment yeah. as well. That's in it? the garage at the house, not the garage garage. She's got that close yeah. to yeah. home, like uh, literally at yeah, home. Actually, <laughs> it's off the Magnaflow right now. They're uh, uh, catalytic converter. Of course work it on. is. <laughs> of course that's it's over at Magnaflow. <laughs> So, so otherwise, I'm thinking nine nine. I mean, I, I kind of keep going back to the car that I had because you know you get so yeah. emotionally attached to these things in a way that you you probably shouldn't. And I was looking at the weekend at a a silver nine nine three, which is pretty much an exact replica of what I had, and they're beautiful things. I do like the nine nine three, right? I love that body style. I love it's got to be the last of the air cooled. The last of the air cooled, yeah. 
My my other half one's well, is quite keen on a on a cabriolet, but they just don't look as pure, and they're a bit heavier, and they don't have quite the rigidity, and yeah. it's not really the purest choice. But we live in California, so it'd be nice to. Um, no, I see what the, she's, the debate is ongoing. She's getting at. But Carrera yeah. two standard coupe stick yeah. shift, beautiful sound, and it's also it's kind of the nice thing about cars, particularly Porsches from that era. So we're talking early uh, mid nineties for for a nine nine three is is that they're still very usable air conditioning airbags. You know you can use them as a proper car. A lot of mm-hmm. anything too earlier, and you you start to feel you know it's it's a different proposition, isn't it? But you you're not looking for a project. You want something sorted. I think with my lifestyle, my job, and I have a little one on the way and stuff. So yeah. I think having a project is probably not going to happen right now, or a That's bit of right. a project. I'd like something I, that I can kind of dabble. First with. First of all, I'm I'm just surprised you're, you've you've even got her on board with this thing. Like you're you're a couple of months away from uh from a brand new baby, and you're like. Porsche. Use Porsche 993. That's you know the way the, to go. Do you know what the funny thing is? But A, I think this is like a massive distraction for me. This is like, you know, you have that, there's that psychologist called displacement How is theory. she going with, uh, sure, baby, well, get a Porsche? Well, the problem with the 964 cab is that in the rear seats just have lap straps. So that, mm-hmm. it's okay for child seats, but it's not really happening. Whereas can the 993. You, can you put a child seat back so there? So I've spent like, so much time on, on the internet in, investigating this. You can get child seats in the back of a 993. Not the rear-facing ones. That's going to be a struggle. But, but the yeah. forward-facing ones. Then, of course, they've got the proper harness and stuff. So, so yeah, if you go on the forums and that sort of thing, there are, there are, um, there are proper car seats that will fit in the back. And I, I might – this might be completely fanciful and I might just – this may be my last throw of youth. <laughs> I, you know, it, just do what everybody else says with the new babies on the way. And they're like, let's just get the Porsche. I'm going to keep this forever. Our kid, I'm yeah. going to give this to the kid. That, that was the plan for the car in the UK that yeah. basically when it turned 21, the kid yeah. the kid gets The kid's going to get it. But uh, but – then I had now moved to the US, but that, that's the idea. You kind of bequeath it; it becomes a thing. And yeah. I have this kind of romantic, romantic image of sort of you know daddy and daughter heading out, you know, around PCH in the car and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's very practical, sensible. It's super practical. <laughs> <laughs> I All was right. looking at strollers, and they do now these like super small. Like there's a world record winning stroller, super small. I was like, that's the one. And we're going to end up reading about it on Edmunds. We're going to be like, how to, how to have a baby with a sports car. It's the next, it's be, it's the next car car show, isn't it? What it, is the best stroller for a, yeah. for a hugely impractical sports car? Yeah, it's going to be what stroller works in a Porsche? What baby seats work there? How do you get a sports car? And now you're going to start testing them out. We're going to have like, what's the re- head-to-head review well, on actually, car seats? Without giving away, a friend, one of my friends and co-workers, uh, um, a part of our test team, he's also, his, his wife is about to, to give birth and we have a plan to do a video actually in, in the next couple of months, which actually talks about this kind of transition. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of vehicles coming to the market, things like Honda Passport, Chevy Blazer, which are all targeting guys like us who want to, you know, start something that, that, that feels fun, looks fun. But it's like if you can't get a Camaro, get a Blazer. So we're going to have some fun and, and stand by. We're going we're gonna to shoot something and uh, pretty much along what you're saying. All right. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. Congratulations on your baby on the way. Bill, (laughs) congratulations on your carbon fiber hood. It's kind of the same thing. (laughs) And, uh, of course, uh, check us out at carcastshow.com. You can check out Goldberg at uh, Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter, Goldberg95, Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. You can see some pictures of uh, probably the hood we'll put up there and uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff of the Dodge commercial. And and uh, you can follow me. We're, we're, 
<laughs> you can follow me at Motorator, and you can follow Alistair Weaver from Edmonds. Go to Edmonds.com and check out Edmonds.com slash road noise. Yeah. I say that with a question mark. Do not write the question mark. Uh, you can check him out. He's Alistair Weaver on Twitter, and he's Weaver Alistair on Instagram. If you get it wrong, just switch it. Just whichever platform you're on, just switch it around and just drive up. See what happens. CarCast, 10-year anniversary at the Peterson Museum, March 10th. Tickets are still available. You can go to the peterson.org website. You can get uh, – you can do uh, a car show only. Like it's like 50 bucks, I think, and um, – we don't control these prices. The Peterson does. It's you bring your car, you walk around, and uh, that's like fifty bucks. And for some more money, I don't know what because it keeps changing. I'm very confused by all of this. But for some more money, you can bring a car, you can walk around, you can go to the museum, and you get like a Corvette book or something. Do they still so, have the Porsche thing on? They still have the Porsche. Yes, yeah, that's a great. And they're going to have the there. Porsche thing going on. But they're but they're doing between now and when we launch it in March, when we do the event in March. Uh, Bruce Meyer, who's you know co-chair or something, is he's doing like his um, by the numbers or something uh, exhibit. He owns like like all the great Lama winners. He's got the Whittington Brothers Porsche, and he's got the the only Bizzarini to win Lama, and he's got the real Cobra, the the the, the Shelby Cobra that won Lama. And I think the display isn't going to be Porsches. I think he's doing like Lama winners. So nice. if you want to see. And our Porsche 935 will be there for the, for one day only. So if you want to see like the greatest spectacle of Le Mans winners, um, go to this event. And then uh, and Goldberg will come up and he'll he'll bring something fancy, probably a Dodge. Um, all right. So until next time, <laughs> keep the air and the spare and the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.